Think about this. Our brains change. Memory is an amazing. What you think is in our there brains is aren't really finished. They're not fully cooked yet. You go with your heart. You we don't have any idea why yeah, we're, we're doing so smart. most of the things that we're doing. But here's the deal. I'm a dog lover. I have two dogs. And I'm constantly thinking to myself, what are they thinking? <laughs> I'm Art Markman. I'm Bob Duke. I'm Rebecca McEnroy, and this is Two Guys on Your Head. Today, in honor of the Westminster Dog Show, we'll talk about dog mission. So the question that I have is, what does it say about us that we really want to know what's going on inside a dog's head? Yeah. The, the one thing that I, I think most people agree we tend to do is we anthropomorphize things, which means we impute characteristics to other organisms and even sometimes inanimate objects based on the way they look or what they do. And, and that's maybe one of the downsides of having a theory of mind. When you're interacting with other human beings, it's beneficial for you to know or at least be able to imagine that they might have thoughts in their head that are not the same as what's in your head. But even but the limitation of that is the only thing that you've experienced are thoughts in your own head. Now, if I look at another organism that I interact with, in, in many ways, like I might interact with another person, like a pet or a dog, and my dog engages in certain behavior, I apply that same <laughs> kind of reasoning to thinking, well, Probably this animal is doing this because of this. The same reason this is the reason Art would go over there because he probably wants another cup of coffee or whatever it is. But the problem is, is that much of that is completely fabricated. Dogs in particular, right? So dogs have been domesticated for a long time. I mean, 70,000 years long time. You know, much longer than any other animal, any other domesticated animal, either animals that are traditionally used for food or other pets, right? So cats came much later domesticated dogs have been with humans for an awfully long time they, cats always come later you That's, call them they, they, they don't they don't, <laughs> care. don't care and and dogs dogs are really different so so dogs <laughs> dogs follow human gaze like if you look in a particular direction a dog will look at you and then look in that direction and dogs will look where you're pointing to which is really sophisticated most animals you put your hand out and point they look at your hand look at your hand yeah but here's so this is an interesting thing. Dogs will follow the direction you're pointing in, but wolves don't. No, of course so, not. So this is a yeah. This is so it's not just like being in the, the the broad genus right of 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 canines. It's it's actually domesticated dogs do this thing that wolves don't do. So there's something about the way that they've been bred, and it's even not all dogs. So if you look at the selective breeding of dogs, the the hounds and things like that, right, don't do it. Right. It's the dogs. It's like the sheep dogs and things that really need to be in in constant communication with humans that will follow this kind of direction of pointing best and follow gaze best, which is is pretty awesome, I think. And, you know, I think I think there's lots of reasons why psychologists care about animal behavior. And I think there's two questions to address here. One is why might psychologists study this? And then why is it that everyone else thinks it's so cool? Right. And 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 I think, you know, psychologists tend to study uh, animal behavior broadly because we recognize that that human beings are just one of the many critters on planet Earth and that there's lots of mental abilities, uh, perceptual abilities, problem solving abilities, all sorts of other things that other animals have as well. And it's interesting to look at and make comparisons across the kinds of things that different animals can do. Particularly because there are plenty of people who want to know, well, what are what are some of the abilities that are uniquely human, right? And and one way, the only way you can know that is to actually do fairly sophisticated studies with other species. I mean, for a long time, we thought, well, no other species actually really 
follows gays. I mean, except dog, but 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 clearly dogs do it, right? I mean, a lot of other animals really don't. Yeah. Even very even animals that we think of as being remarkably smart animals, because there's unless you're cooperating, there's no particular value in paying attention to what somebody's pointing at. And so we're you know we are fascinated by like what's going on with this creature that I ha that I have living around me. And and so you know I think I think that's one of the reasons why people really then just just you know really glom onto uh, studies that that tell us something and <laughs> and it turns out there is a whole field out there of of dog cognition which known as dognition <laughs> of course although even there here's another cool thing so so they did a study on pointing right so you point at this object okay and then the experimenter moves the object. The dog goes to the location. The dogs are paying attention to the direction you were pointing at, not the object. So you might think, well, they're not paying any attention to objects at all. But now here's the cool thing, right? So now they did these studies where the object that was in the direction that was being pointed, there were two objects there. One that the dog really liked and one that the human likes. Okay, And the question is, if the dog goes and gets something, what does it get and come back with? it comes back with the thing the human was going to want, right? So the dog is able to impede its own desire to pick up some object that it wants in order to get the thing that the human wants. But you know, there's an interesting thing about that because there is, in one sense, uh, a sort of um, human exceptionalism, you know, that just humans do that. And then we see... That, well, actually, that animal could do that, too. You know, whether it's, like, using tools or following gaze or whatever the thing is that we think, well, this is just a strictly human thing. You know, it, it, that contrast is interesting, that, that we find it sort of charming that we see animals doing human-looking things, but yet don't get too close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The easy there. Yeah, easy there. Let's because, not cross the line. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, no, but I, but, I, but I do think in general, right, particularly when it comes to pets, because we... We, we open our homes and our lives and our hearts to these to pets who you know these animals who live in our homes and they're clearly not human uh, but but they they are affectionate and they they live in in peace and harmony with us in our homes and so <laughs> and so we're you know we are fascinated by like what's going on with this creature that I ha that I have living around me and and so you know I think I think that's one of the reasons why people really then you know really glom onto. Uh, studies that, that tell us something. Even when the studies tell us that, you know, if, if you disappear tomorrow and your dog ends up in somebody else's home, he's going to be just as happy <laughs> as long as they're feeding Next week, we'll discuss the psychology of theater with Dr. Art Markman and Dr. Bob Duke. You can check out Two Guys on Your Head wherever you get your podcasts or at KUT.org. And this week on the podcast, you'll also find a special segment where Art explains a study on how dogs read facial expressions. David Alvarez is our engineer, and I'm Rebecca McEnroy. I produce Two Guys on Your Head at KUT Radio in Austin, Texas.